thank you. Yeah, let's uh, start. Heavenly Father, we ask afresh that you would teach us your ways, dear Lord. Amen. Well, um, this morning I'm just going to pick a couple, I didn't say ahead which verses we're using this week, but I'm just going to pick a couple of verses at the end of 2 Peter, uh, Peter's letter, and it's 2 Peter 3 verses 17 and 18, and we're going to reflect a little bit about apprenticeship. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Well, as James alluded to, and we said before, we're looking this week at the theme of discipleship, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And the issue is that many Christian writers and lots of Christians themselves observe the fact, and they're frustrated by the fact, is why is the church struggling in our current culture? or putting it more personally for us as Christians, why don't us Christians look more like Christ? Why are we not making a greater difference in the world? Why is there not more of a difference between the church and the world and as we observe it? Yesterday we looked at the theme of following, and the, world dis- the word disciple means follower. So if we ourselves are to be followers, And also, if we take seriously one of the most famous verses in the Bible at the end of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to make disciples, then grasping what it means to follow and what discipleship looked like is a pressing task. See, the call of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is to make disciples. It's not to generate churchgoers, for example. It's not just to try and get people somehow into heaven. But it's calling a people who will follow after God, or to put it a different way, a people growing into the likeness of Christ, as Paul puts it in Corinthians. Or as Peter here puts it in his letter, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to as Christians, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, captivated captivated, by the person of Jesus Christ for all our lives. Another word that's often used for the word uh, disciple is the word apprentice, and it's become particularly prevalent because of some of the challenges around discipleship that we face. Because sometimes the word follower can give the impression that sometimes there's a little bit of passivity about it. We just simply fall behind and follow, unthinking and not really engaging. So a number of uh, Christians, evangelicals and charismatics, of certain traditions have increasingly used the word apprentice to understand discipleship. See, because a disciple is more than simply just a student. A disciple is more than simply just a member of someone's entourage who simply follows someone around. A disciple is someone who is an apprentice in the family business. They're a learner, someone who wants to learn, who wants to learn from the master craftsman. And for Christians, we're learning from Jesus. 
Christians here are apprentices to Jesus, learning from him how to live and how to be. It's not just about doing, but also about being. And I do like the word apprentice because it means I'm learning with Jesus to do what Jesus did. And when you look at the first disciples, when you observe, as you read through the Gospels, you see that that's what they're doing. They were called. They spent time watching Jesus, observing Jesus, living with Jesus, traveling with Jesus, ministering with Jesus, listening to him. And then as he finished his earthly ministry, he sort of said, and also before that, he said, no, no, you go and do it. No, you do it. Carry on my business my work, my mission, my ministry. When I was a vicar before coming here, I was training in Winchester. My training incumbent was um, someone who was really uh, influenced and passionate about an apprenticeship model for discipleship. And his general approach to, to training uh, me, some of you may not particularly like this, but it was simply this. He used to say, well, you come and watch something I do. We'll then do it together the next time. And then the, day, the time after that, you will do it. And it was as simple as that. So we watch one, we share one, and we do one. And that's, for example, how I did weddings and funerals. It was very hands-on. It was very practical. It was done in partnership and done together. And you learned by doing as well as by listening and reflecting together. Most of our lives, we will have people who we are following whether that's at home, whether it's at work, um, in our social circles, but also people who follow us. Following others and having others follow us is part of living. All of us are teachers and learners at diff different degrees. My son Joshua, as I may have mentioned before, is um, in the last years recently taken up golf. And the question I've, I've kind of struck as I was thinking about this, who is he learning from? Who is Joshua learning from? Well, funny enough, he's not learning a lot from me about golf, so that's fairly clear. But actually, what who he is learning from is a whole series of people. He's had some lessons with a golf professional. He's listened and he observes other players. He reads books. He watches videos. He's literally placed himself at other people's feet because he, he wants to learn and he wants to grow. Why? because he just, just doesn't want to walk around a golf course aimlessly. He doesn't just want to exist, but he wants to flourish and thrive in his golf. I think, you know, sometimes when we become a Christian, sometimes we have the temptation that we think all our problems will go away, all our bad habits will disappear. The issue and the temptation, the habits we've developed around Bitterness, anger, dealing with our difference, materialism, lust. And we think they'll disappear, but many times it takes a long time for God to transform some of those things, some of those bad habits that we've pounded into our life over years. And to carry on the golf analogy, it's a bit like someone who's had, like me, who has a terrible golf swing, and I continually slice the ball off to the right rather than hit it straight. And the thing is this, I'm going to have to practice again and again and again to learn how to hit the ball straight. Because my swing and the, uh, the mechanics of my swing mean that I will hit the ball to the right. It's entrained into my body. 
it's how I've been formed. And that takes unlearning and retraining. And new disciplines, good habits, holy habits, help us transform our lives and develop the kind of habits and life that God is calling us to. And the thing is this, if we're not careful, a lot of us can live unintentionally and we can find ourselves the victims of our circumstances and our culture that we live in. Yet learning again the delight and the wonder and the joy of good spiritual disciplines, of spending time with God, of learning holy habits and unlearning some bad habits that we're going to look at over the next few days. What we discover is we find the strength and the power and the life of God that enables us to live the life God's called us to. When we learn to place ourselves at the feet of Jesus and learn from him again. When we thought about it yesterday, we talked about right at the beginning of Mark's gospel that Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. God is here. God's presence is amongst us. We can experience the reality of God's kingdom now. And that shapes every aspect of how we live. Every area of our lives becomes under the lordship and the kingship of Jesus. And we find a place of transformation and change. So let's pray this morning as I just finished. Let's take a moment of quiet just to reflect a bit about where you are. And then I'll just turn into praise. So maybe let's just have about 30 minutes of quiet to reflect on where you are with Jesus this morning. And then I'll pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning that you are the giver of life. This morning I invite you to put your trust afresh in Jesus. To allow him to lead you, to show you, to guide you, to teach you and direct you. And Father, would you help each one of us? Grow in grace and knowledge of you in our lives. Do you help us to grow good and holy habits, so to speak, but also to break the power in Jesus' name over some of the bad habits that have taken root in our life. By your spirit, would you continue to shape us into your likeness? In Jesus' name. Amen.